The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulone Podcast, where I, own Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, I was just getting sick for about six hours straight. My body was almost trying to fight this off by naturally releasing glucose, not taking insulin, and I'm also not in the mindset to take care of my diabetes when I'm bent over the toilet bowl getting sick. So my blood sugar was just rising and rising and rising and rising. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Hello, welcome back to the Insulone podcast. Again, with myself, Owen Costello, I hope you're well. I hope you had a good week. I hope you're having a good week. And I hope you're ready to learn more and more and more about diabetes today. Graham, are you set? Are you all ready to go? I'm very good. I uh, have to do a little <laughs> bit of self-promotion for myself because you, well, you have the Insulone podcast, which I'm on and I help produce, but you were actually on, in a parallel universe, my podcast, because I have my own podcast off a radio show in Dublin, and we had you as a guest. It is called Graham and Nathan's Little Big Podcast, and... Yeah, it was. Uh-huh. it's a slightly different podcast to this one. It's a little bit more wild and raw, <laughs> we'll say, than the polished scientific information we give out about diabetes. This is more us trying to take the mick out of each other. That's more <laughs> kind yeah, of our was, vibe. No, I, I was delighted to be on. So obviously, Graham and I are great friends. And Nathan, the, the co-host of Graham's podcast, is a good friend of mine too. So they asked me to be on. It was a great, great experience. Definitely different to to this podcast. But <laughs> we had a good laugh and I'm laughing now because Graham brought up a few stories that uh, I, su- I suppose were, were locked away for a while, <laughs> for a few years. Because me and Graham met back in Vancouver and Canada years ago when we, we spent a summer away. We were from different friend groups, but obviously became friends over there. So there was a, a good few stories from there. 
Yeah, if you want to find out how Owen really scared me on the first night he landed and <laughs> why we both had nosebleeds in a bathroom, uh, call each other Blood Brothers, then you can check out that. We'll, we'll leave those stories <laughs> on Graham and Nathan's Little Big Podcast and let's yeah. leave the diabetes to the Insulone Podcast. I just want to do a massive shout out to Danny Gallagher, who was last week's guest, because, oh my God, obviously when you have a guest on, I'm not on listening and I listen back when I'm editing it. It was so good. The fact that he went from a stage where he was taking the mick out of you about having diabetes, but not really having any real kind of interest in your diabetes, because obviously it doesn't, it doesn't affect him. He was just getting on with this. You were becoming friends to the fact that he was telling all this information about diabetes and kind of just the amount of information that I presume you learn as a type 1 diabetic that you have to kind of take in was so evident in Danny. And just the way he delivered the stories were so funny as well, even though some of the stories are very serious and how we broke two vertebrae, but so well told. And uh, it was great to get him on. Yeah, it was amazing. And if you're listening right now, thanks again. I really appreciate you coming on. It was definitely one of my favorite episodes so far. It was really good to kind of have a a proper conversation with him. Now, I had met him the previous week to kind of just catch up and talk about diabetes and stuff but he kind of he was laying more on the line on the podcast which was great and for me who has had it I suppose near 10 years now to Danny who's had it about three it's so interesting to see how he dealt with it from a later age than than when I was diagnosed because it can be completely different the circumstances and your environment and stuff so he uh He's certainly come a long way in three years. He's he, he knows a lot about it, so it's great to, great to hear. I'm going to put forward a motion that that isn't the last time we get Danny on. I'm sure Absolutely down not. the line, Danny will be tapped up again for uh, another episode because you really focused on hypo-anxiety in that episode because um, obviously Danny passed out mm. through to having a hypo. Well, Myself and yourself, you were chatting this week and you were saying, why don't we go from hypoanxiety to talking about hyperglycemia, which is on the other end of the blood sugar spectrum, we'll Mm. say. So (laughs) let's get into episode 23 on hyperglycemia. Absolutely. So what is hyperglycemia? So hyperglycemia is the technical term for high blood sugar or high blood glucose. So it's kind of the opposite to hypoglycemia. And I remember when I was diagnosed, I was like, why do they, why do they have to sound so similar? Hypo, hyper, they're, they're almost exactly the same, but they're obviously completely different. A good way that I always, I always like to remember and differentiate between hyper and hypo was when you've hyperglycemia, you've too much sugar in your blood. So I used to remember it by imagining when I was a kid going hyper eating so much sugar, running, running around the place. So that's how I remember it. So high blood sugar, hyperglycemia is when you don't have enough insulin in your body. Your insulin can't open up your cells. And basically, glucose is just bouncing back off the cells and accumulating in your bloodstream. So you're talking about the, the lock and key analogy that we used way, 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 way mm. back And I believe it was episode one, maybe. So let's do a quick refresher because if people have been listening to this one a week, that's Hmm. 23 weeks ago now. So can you quickly give us the lock and key analogy again? Absolutely. So basically, Graham, if you were to eat a chocolate bar, 
your body would break down that chocolate bar. You would release glucose into your bloodstream. Your body would naturally release insulin. That insulin would act as a key to your cell, open up the cell, and that glucose can go into your cell and it can be used as energy. Okay. If you are diabetic, like myself, if you're, if you're lucky enough to be diabetic, you do not produce insulin naturally. So therefore, if and when I eat, my body will break down, let's say, that chocolate bar. The chocolate bar will be broken down into glucose. Glucose will be released into my bloodstream, trying to get into the cell. Because my pancreas doesn't work as it's supposed to, it doesn't naturally secrete insulin. So therefore, the glucose that is trying to get into my cell just bounces off, bounces off, bounces off, can't get in. Therefore, there is a buildup of glucose in your bloodstream, which is not good. (laughs) So in terms of hyperglycemia, is that just the term used for if there is an above normal amount of sugar or glucose in your bloodstream, or does it reach a certain level and then you're going into, is it a hyperglycemic state? Is that it? If your blood sugar rises above a healthy range where you ideally would like for it to be then it's classified as hyperglycemia. So that's when you have too much glucose in your bloodstream. Now, unlike hypoglycemia, it's not a pleasant feeling, but you can still function to an extent. You can still go about your day. You can still do what you need to do, but only for really a certain amount of time while you continue to eat, your blood sugar will continue to rise. And you can then go into DKA. So that's the difference between a hyper and a hypo. So if you have a hypo, your blood sugar drops. You have a very, very short space of time to treat that hypo before you potentially pass out, go into a diabetic seizure. So it's almost like there's a very small window of recovery between when your blood sugar is regular, hypo, and then you pass out. Whereas when your blood sugar is as it's supposed to be, and then it goes high, you can still function for a period of time until you go into DKA. So say, for instance, you're heading towards a DKA. How does your body feel? Because I presume you're feeling tired and fatigued, but what else? Yeah, so when you're on your way to DKA, so DKA is diabetic ketoacidosis to couple long words but when your blood sugar goes high when you're in a hyperglycemic state it's almost like your body's natural warning signs almost kind of urge you to treat it before you potentially go into dka so how you would feel is you can get this strange kind of fruity smelling breath Mm, off your tongue that sounds kind of nice Mm, yeah delicious (laughs) it's like when you eat skittles (laughs) so you get a uh, that kind of fruity breath i'll give you a kiss next time graham please do for me i always get this feeling and i've said it previously in the podcast i get this feeling where like my blood is hotter yeah than it normally is and i feel as if i'm kind of like trapped in my own skin it's uh, i don't really know how to describe but this really kind of it's almost like this acute, irritable sort of feeling. That would be the feeling of the glucose. Yeah, presumably. Yeah, yeah. well, obviously. Yeah. Um, because you don't have insulin, you can't use the food you're eating as energy. So therefore, 
you will be very tired you can be overly fatigued you can sometimes have a high blood sugar nap <laughs> i've had a few of those so say you eat and then your blood sugar rises higher than it should be if you're sitting down because you're tired you can fall asleep and then your blood sugar will be higher and you wake up and you're groggy and like oh god don't wake me up increased thirst dry mouth increased urination and potentially vomiting you'll certainly be nauseous but there i suppose the natural warning signs and symptoms yeah so these seem similar to the symptoms you were saying that you felt before you had been diagnosed when you were 19 the constant thirst the um, constant need to go to the toilet remember danny was saying that last week as well so when you are undiagnosed i presume this is horrendously dangerous if you don't know you're actually diabetic that you're going straight towards the dka and you've no idea what's around the corner. Mm. The signs and symptoms that I was just explaining there, I would have obviously seen very severe cases of that personally when I was kind of on my way to being diagnosed because I went, my diagnosis period was three, four weeks. So those three, four weeks where I didn't have any insulin in my body, my pancreas was shutting down, my blood glucose was kind of steadily rising and rising and rising and rising and rising so therefore i was so tired you know i was thirsty i was i I was urinating every 30 minutes it was a nightmare so then obviously when i got my blood test came back positive and boom diabetic Mm. but i got that just in time now we've obviously touched on that back in i think episode two when i talk specifically about my diagnosis but when I went in to the hospital, my blood sugar was so high that they said I was less than 48 hours away from a coma. So I was I was like pretty much in a DKA state. So I suppose I got it just in time, you know. So what exactly is DKA? So basically DKA is when you don't have enough insulin in your body, your blood sugar rises far too high. So like I said, when you don't have insulin in your body, you can't open up your cell, you can't use your food as energy, and you can't store that food as glycogen to use later or tomorrow. What happens then is if your body can't use glucose as energy, what can it use? So it's going to look and seek out an alternative source to break down into fuel. And what happens is the first source that your body will look for and goes for is fat. So that's why when well, me personally, and obviously a lot of other diabetics, when just before you're diagnosed, that's why you lose so much weight because your blood sugar is so high, you can't use glucose as energy. So therefore, your body needs to break down and eat away at the fat in your body as energy. Now, that can be an issue in itself because obviously you lose fat very rapidly. And when your body breaks down fat, it leaves ketones in your bloodstream, which then make your blood acidic. Now, if you have acidic blood from ketones, that's what can make you sick. So it's a combination of the high blood sugar, the acidic blood from ketones that leads to DKA. Okay. And so what exactly are ketones? So ketones are water-soluble molecules produced by the liver when you break down fatty acids. Okay. So they're used to, to break down those fatty acids for energy. Small amounts of ketones aren't dangerous. But if you have a buildup of ketones, potentially they can be fatal. So as I said, it's kind of that combination 
of high blood sugar, high ketones, which then leads to DKA. And what warning signs are there that we should be looking out for for DKA? So like I was saying, when your blood sugar is high and the symptoms that you see and how you feel in your body, they themselves are kind of warning signs for DKA. So that's that's basically your body being like, look, this is happening. So let's sort it out. If, if we can, let, let's treat this thing here. So when you're overly fatigued, when you're tired, you're weak, that's your body not being able to use the glucose as energy. Okay. Increased urination. So like when I was diagnosed, I was pissing every, every 30 minutes. So that's your body trying to get rid of the sugar that's built up basically in your bloodstream. Excessive thirst, your body is trying to dilute the unused sugar in your bloodstream with that water. So that's why when I was diagnosed, and I know if there's any diabetic listening now, before they were diagnosed, they were definitely the same as me, just pint after pint after pint of water. And it was almost like you're just not even drinking. It was, it was almost like you're drinking a glass of air. <laughs> it was so weird. So is that your body basically getting you to drink so it can excrete it through your urine? Absolutely, yeah. You're just drinking it in your mouth and it's going straight through your body and then out the other end. Yeah. <laughs> Potentially trying to pick up some glucose on yeah. the way to, to dump it out of your body. Yeah. And then breathing faster, increased heart rate is basically your body's way to compensate for that overly acidic blood due to the ketones. So much like when we were talking about stress last week, how the symptoms and, and the things that you feel in your body can sometimes feel overwhelming and you're kind of like, oh god this feels funny why am i experiencing this why is my heart thumping why am i so tired why am i pissing all the time <laughs> it seems so unusual but it's always fascinating to kind of know the reasons behind it and they're all i was gonna say subtle but they're not so subtle they're all ways that your body is trying to keep you safe essentially we know about the time when you were 19 and you were 48 hours from a coma is there any other times have you gone into DKA or have you come very close at times? Thankfully, I haven't. I've never had to go to the hospital for anything related to diabetes since diagnosis, which is great. Definitely had a couple, <laughs> a few close calls. And I suppose with talking about specifically high blood sugars, I remember there was a time back in a time in New York when I got food poisoning. And much like stress, obviously, when, when I got food poison, I was vomiting a lot. I wasn't even able to keep down water, so I was becoming dehydrated. So because of that, my blood sugar was rising. And that, that can be a case where you can potentially quite quickly go into DKA because your blood sugar is rising, you're dehydrated. You probably aren't taking ins insulin because you're not eating. So I remember I, I, th I think I went to what... Chipotle. That's what it was. No, oh, I've heard things about Chipotle. Yeah, so I won't be going back. <laughs> Mainly from South Park. Oh, I won't be going back, I tell you. But got, I got Chipotle and then I got home. Must have been two or three hours later and I was in bed and I was like, oh, that doesn't feel good. And you know that, that like warm feeling you get up your neck, the warm, sweaty feeling where you're like, I'm going to vomit. <laughs> Rushed out to the bathroom, vomited. Felt fine for about five minutes and then boom, boom, boom. I was just getting sick for about six hours straight. And 
because of that, my body was under so much stress. My body was almost trying to fight this off by naturally releasing glucose, not taking insulin because I'm not eating anything. And I'm also not in the mindset to take care of my diabetes when I'm bent over the toilet bowl getting sick. So my blood sugar was just rising and rising and rising and rising. So it's actually got nothing to do, or well, it probably does, but it's more so the body's response to you getting sick and trying to fight it rather than the act of vomiting food from your stomach that raises your blood sugar levels. Is that correct? Or is it just a combination of everything? Yeah, it's a combination of everything. But yeah. it's like if if you were to get a virus, Graham, your body would fight that virus off by releasing those stress hormones, releasing glucose to fight it off. Mm. Your body will naturally compensate that by naturally secreting insulin. Whereas me and how many millions other type 1 diabetics around the world don't do that. So when we get sick, our blood sugar is just rising, 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 rising. But we're not counteracting insulin yeah. so that's why it can be overly complicated when you do get sick because i was in my head i was like trying to figure out the whole um the whole reasons behind you vomiting and how that would affect it but then i forgot <laughs> that no it's the stress as well that you have to deal with yeah. and it's the release the of the combination glucose. of all these things yeah but like everything else with diabetes it's it's like people can be under the impression that it's just food and insulin that affect your blood sugar everything affects your blood sugar so yeah, it's a combination of a few different things. Perfect. So I think that is hyperglycemia all covered, not hypo, hyperglycemia. Get that right, Graham. Hyper, <laughs> hyper, hyper. Hyper, more sugar makes you hyper. <laughs> there you go. So we are a lover of you sending us in emails and you can do so theinsulonepodcast at gmail.com. Any question at all, it could be about hyperglycemia. It could be about anything that we haven't covered already in the podcast. And we have an email from Stephanie this week, which is a slightly gym-related email. Oh, my specialty. I think <laughs> you uh, you know a bit about Owen. <laughs> Just a tad. So the email goes, hey, Owen, love the podcast. Just a quick one. I'm Irish and I'm sure you're aware that the gyms are reopening in Ireland over the last couple of weeks. I would have been a regular goer before COVID, but I'm nervous to go back with it still in the community. Just wondering, are you back in the gym? And if so, any advice for me and also other type 1 diabetics? And that is from Stephanie. Good stuff. Thank you, Stephanie. First of all, I appreciate you emailing in and really appreciate you listening to the podcast. I'm glad you're enjoying them so far. It means a lot. And to answer the question, yes, I am back at the gym. I love going to the gym. It's always been a massive part of my life, as you know, if you've listened through these episodes of the podcast so far. So when we were under lockdown, it was a big change not being able to go. But I am back now. And I think last week was actually my first first session back so not gonna lie I was nervous I kind of still am nervous going because as a diabetic you need to be overly cautious with the virus but at the same time you can be cautious but it shouldn't stop you from doing what it is you want to do you just need to kind of take those necessary precautions while you're doing it so I'm back in the gym I I'm doing weights, I'm doing every sort of training that I that I used to do, but I'm just taking those precautions beforehand. So I wear a mask, I wear gloves, 
I wash my gloves, I wash the bench, I wash the bars, the dumbbells, everything. So I'm overly cautious. I'm the only person in the gym wearing a mask. I don't care. I'm I'm being super cautious. So if if it is something that you want to get back into, definitely do it and don't let being concerned about your diabetes stop you from doing it, but just definitely be careful because as you said yourself, it is still in the community. So Stephanie, just go back, wear your mask and make sure you clean your hands. That's that's probably the best advice you can do. And throw your clothes and your mask into the wash the second you get home. That's what I do too. I think it is very important to say, just wear the mask. Uh, and I know people will be saying, oh, but I'm gymming and stuff like that. But I think especially for type 1 diabetics, mm. just wear your mask. You might be the only person in there wearing it, but if it might make you feel a little bit better and don't be worrying about other people will be saying or if they're looking at you going oh wearing a mask because at the end of the day there's probably just annoyed because they feel bad themselves that they're not wearing their mask <laughs> exactly. and also i also you said as well you go early and you try to get in there earlier mm. so there's the least amount of people in there as well and the good thing about the gym we go to the same gym is you have to book your slot and i think it's like mm. that in any gym now so book your slot and i suppose get in early as you can because go off yeah, i forgot to say that one um yeah that's a big one so going first thing that early slot is important to me and it could work for you too, depending on what you do for school or work. But Stephanie, if you can get in early, definitely do it. The less people that have been in there and are in there, the better. So you'll be fine. Thank you, Stephanie. And if you're listening and you have any questions at all, and you know what? Sometimes we could even make a full episode out of them. Makes Ooh. makes our, our job easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't have to think about what to talk about. <laughs> you can send us an email. I'll say it again. It is theinsulowenpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, I know you're loving Owen when people share the podcast on their social media, especially Instagram stories. Tag Owen, he'll share it, get the word out there about the podcast. Absolutely. And again, I know I say it at the end of every podcast, but I really, really mean it. Appreciate everybody that listens to it. I appreciate anybody who shares it, likes, rates, comments, subscribes, all that good stuff. And if you are a diabetic and you're having a shitty day right now, tomorrow will be better. I understand how frustrating it can be. I understand how hard it can be. So tomorrow will be a better day. Keep that head up and I will chat to you next week. Chat to you all. Graham, take it easy.